0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Football Absurdity podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-host Walker Kelly. Walker, first rank show of the year. How are you feeling about it?
1: Let's go. It's time to get to it.
0: It's time to get to it. So Walker uh, publishes their ranks. If you go to footballabsurdity.com, go on the top of the thing. It says weekly ranks right there. You can click on it and you can see Walker's up to the minute ranks. And do you tinker around with these at all during the week?
1: Yeah. When I get more injury information.
0: Okay. So it looks like Walker does 25 quarterbacks, 25 tight ends, 50 running backs and 50 wide receivers. Uh, so Walker, uh, let's start this off with a hard one. Hayden Hurst or Brevin Jordan this week.
1: Oh man. I I think I got to go with Hayden Hurst just barely.
0: All right. All right. That, those are Walker's 24th and 25th, uh, tight ends this week. But, uh, since this is the first episode of the season it's probably the first episode that a lot of you are hearing so what we do is walker and i talk a little bit of start sit for thursday night football um and then we talk about walker's ranks this week some uh guys that they're higher on lower on than consensus uh we talk a little bit about uh the hardest players for walker to rank and the most surprising ranks for walker and what that is is you know we every year we think we're like okay so i know that i'm gonna have this guy here and then as you do the ranks you're Your kind of true feelings come out like uh, like, for example, Walker has Joe Burrow, 14. But Joe Burrow was like a top seven uh, quarterback in drafts.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll explain that later.
0: Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's get started with uh, Thursday night football. So it's uh, the Bills and the Rams. And this one's going to be in L.A at sofi uh we talked more in depth about this in the patreon podcast yesterday but walker i was looking at this and you only have six players with startable ranks in this game that some people think is going to be like 75 combined points so uh what's what's uh what's the deal there uh
1: i just i think a lot of the running game is going to be kind of split um I would guess Singletary probably gets the most run of the Buffalo running backs, but he won't catch a lot of passes. He might not get the goal line touches. Um, the Rams are a good defense, so I just don't expect him to have a massive game. And uh, then in terms of the Rams, I expect their running game to be pretty much split down the middle. So it kind of it just leads to none of the running backs being in the top 24. Um, I'm not saying that you can't flex these guys, but the only one I'd be comfortable with really in my flex is Singletary um you know both the quarterbacks are top 12 options um and then all four the top four receivers are all startable for sure um but I just and I I just don't care for these tight ends like at Knox is touchdown dependent Higby doesn't get a whole lot of volume so it's kind of concentrated in the quarterbacks and receivers I think the passing games will be effective but the running games not as much
0: yeah, so you have Josh Allen QB four, Matthew Stafford, QB nine. I think QB four is really a lot of respect for Josh Allen, considering that um these are both bad quarterback defenses to to go up against. Um in fantasy last year, the Rams were the uh let's see if I can do this right. Twenty-sixth highest, I guess. They were bad to play against. You didn't want your quarterbacks playing against them. And the Bills were 32nd. So they were literally the worst matchup you wanted for your quarterbacks last year in fantasy. So Some people might see your QB4 rank of Josh Allen and think that it's somewhat disrespecting the QB1 off the board in most drafts, but it's really it's respecting Josh Allen. And um, did you see the uh, Rams depth chart today at at, uh, running back?
1: Uh, Didn't it list him as co-starters?
0: Yes, it did. So I just needed to bring that up for my own edification. So, um. Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, you have at wide receiver two, wide receiver 28, respectively. Um, Van Jefferson was uh, declared out for this game today, just right before we started recording. Um, and uh, is there anybody there deeper with the Rams that you might look into? Uh, or is it a pretty top-heavy receiver core?
1: It's an extremely top-heavy receiver core. Um, their wide receiver three will probably be Ben Skoranek. Yeah, uh, no, thank you.
0: You know who I, w- I bet they wish they had right now was uh, everybody's fantasy darling, Jacob Harris. Mm, I, bet <laughs> they, I bet they didn't. <laughs> I bet they <laughs> don't wish they. I, I bet they could have him if they wanted him. <laughs> right. Um. So uh, it's interesting you mentioned uh, Knox and Higby both being like um, with Knox, you said touchdown dependent with Higby. You said low volume. It's kind of saying the same thing with like different words and they're very much the same tight end um a uh touchdown dependent tight end that's you know behind two better um options in the passing game that is going to be the third option at best on any given play um so people hold Knox in higher regard than higby one because he never did a hate crime as far as we know and two because Knox actually catched in those touchdowns last year but um if you had to choose between them, is it particularly close, or is it uh, one guy way further over the other guy?
1: No, I mean, I have Knox at 13 and Higby at 22, so I uh, I think Knox just has a better chance of scoring a touchdown on a week-to-week basis. He's shown that, and there are plays where he will be the second option in the passing game and not the third option, whereas I don't think there's any circumstance where Tyler Higby is a primary option on a play where Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson are on the field.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, he'll get a boost because they don't pass to running backs. But, you know, with with Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson, you're looking at potentially like 350 combined targets on the year. You know, more than 50 percent of the target share.
1: It could be huge. Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't expect Higby to. He's just he's not a guy who gives you consistent usable weeks.
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, let's talk again about the uh, wide receivers for the Bills. So Stefan Diggs, wide receiver six, just about where he was drafted. You know, that's a slotted in there. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is expected to play. He's been dealing with the shoulders surgery recovery, but he practiced all offseason with it. But Gabe Davis, you have at wide receiver 32 and Gabe Davis was probably the most controversial wide receiver all offseason um, in the fantasy football community. Is this a 32 where you think he will end up at 32 or is it where he's either going to be like 22 or 52, you know, and you got to slot him in somewhere.
1: Uh, I think he'll probably finish as a wide receiver three. I mean, okay. I, I, I don't expect him to get a ton of targets, but I'm thinking somewhere in the maybe seven targets range four, four catches for, you know, four catches for 55 yards or something. And if he scores a touchdown, then he has a, solid week and if he doesn't score a touchdown then he was kind of underwhelming but i think he's in that wide receiver 3 territory
0: okay and one last thing about this game you said if you had your druthers you would not start any running backs in this game and i agree i think this is going to be a mess for these running backs um but if you had to start one guy who would it be devin singletary <clears throat> devin singletary who you have at 31 so that's a flex consideration at best Correct. All right. So uh, anything else about this Rams-Bills uh, uh, game that you want to talk about? Oh, Isaiah McKenzie. That's a name that's on a lot of people's tongues. You don't have him ranked, but no. is he just outside the top 50 or is he like wide receiver 80?
1: I would probably have him in the top 60, but not in the top 50. So, um I guess if you're really desperate for a flex in a deep league, maybe, but I would recommend not uh, not playing McKenzie.
0: Yeah, he's a guy that we have uh, nothing but projection on. So even if you feel good about McKenzie, he's probably your wide receiver five or six on your roster and you don't need to play him this week. Please don't go for the glory play of Isaiah McKenzie. Like, if you start Isaiah McKenzie this week, you just start looking into fantasy baseball for next year because your that's, roster went horribly wrong. That's DFS brain. Yeah, that is DFS brain. So, all right, uh, let's go ahead and move on to your weekly ranks, which, again, people can check out. Uh, go to literally any page on footballabsurdity.com, and there's a button at the top that says weekly ranks. So um, you, you did the hard work for me today. You gave me some guys you're higher on, you're, some guys you're lower on. But... There's one thing that we always started with last year, which was your hardest rank. So who is your hardest quarterback to rank this this week?
1: I went with Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, I think that Rodgers will probably have a pretty underwhelming season, but the Vikings are a good Week One matchup. So I kind of had to square that circle with I Rodgers doesn't have any weapons, but he's really good. And Rodgers, you know it. The offensive line's beat up, but he always tears up Minnesota, and they don't have a very good secondary. So I ended up putting him in that like mid-to-late-tier QB1 range at eight. Um, I think he's a good play this week. I don't think he's going to be a good play all season, but um, I, I think he'll probably be able to take advantage of a Minnesota defense that he's had a long time to prepare for.
0: Okay. And uh, who is your most surprising quarterback, and did I nail it with Joe Burrow earlier?
1: No. Uh oh most surprising I said was Russell Wilson because I like Wilson this week and I didn't think I was going to end up with him as low as 10. Um, I, I think that he's a very solid starting option. I just think that there are 10 other very solid starting options. And so he ended up at 10. I mean, I, I, I he certainly could finish higher than that. And I don't think he'll be, I think he'll be a top 12 quarterback. So my ranking of Russ at 10 is not saying to find another option. You can start Russ with confidence.
0: Yeah, this is definitely a, a, a week where it feels like there's 15 guys you can start. Like, my starter sit for this week uh, is the three that guys that I'm writing about are Lance, Cousins, and Carr. And Carr is like a wobbly sit for me. A lot of it has to do with J.C. Jackson, if he's available or not. Because he crushed number one wide receivers last year. And so I think that could potentially hurt Devontae. But it's like... You know, even then, if it hurts Devontae, you still have uh, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller there. Like, there's good things that you can say about uh, even Derek Carr. How far down this list would you feel OK starting a quarterback this week? Um,
1: I would say I'd be comfortable down to 17, Ryan Tannehill against the Giants.
0: OK. So that means uh, Tua, get him out. Trevor Lawrence, get him out. Which, if you're starting two or Trevor Lawrence in a twelve-team league, again, maybe look into baseball because something went wrong with your week one. Yeah,
1: maybe you uh, should have picked a quarterback at some point during your draft.
0: Yep. All right. Um. So, um. There's three quarterbacks that you like more than consensus. We already talked about Matthew Stafford. He's the only one that you have in a one quarterback league as a starter among these guys. But uh, you like Ryan Tannehill, four spots above consensus. And you also put Ryan Tannehill as um, he was a sleeper for you, I believe, last week or a value play when we talked about it. Because I made fun of you because you drafted him in the Football Absurdity Writers League. Um, mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you were all about <laughs> Ryan Tannehill. So, what has you uh, higher than consensus on Tannehill this week as he takes on the Giants? Is it the Giants?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is the Giants. I mean, he's got a good matchup. Uh, this is a team that doesn't have many good linebackers, um, doesn't tackle particularly well. Uh, I think that Tannehill's going to run for a touchdown, and uh, I-, I think that he probably won't turn the ball over more than once. So,. I, I think he's a low-risk, mid-ceiling type guy. Like, I, I don't think he's going to finish outside the top 20 at quarterback, and I certainly think he could finish inside the top 12 if he throws for two touchdowns and runs for another. He doesn't even have to put up big yardage to get inside the top
0: 12. Yeah, and he will have a new wide receiver there with uh, A.J. Um, a. Brown, re- Brown's replacement, Treylon Burks, to deal with. Also, the Giants, uh, two of their starting... Uh, defensive players were limited in practice this week and are true questionables to play. As Azizo Jalari and uh, rookie first-round pick Kayvon Thibodeau, who we talked about on the podcast, is all of a sudden or already is dealing with a lot of injuries in the NFL. So that could be a problem for him. But um, but yeah, that's something that could help uh, Ryan Tannehill's case. And then you've got Marcus Mariota, who. The consensus on him is that he's not startable um, in a two quarterback league, but you have him sneaking in there as the second to last startable quarterback in the two QB league um, at QB 23. Is it um, that he's going to run a little because this this Saints defense has been strong. So I'm wondering if uh, you think they're going to them losing Chauncey Gardner Johnson is going to make him slip or if it's just Marcus Mariota running the ball around a lot.
1: I mean, I, I don't think the Saints defense will be quite as good as it has been in previous seasons. There's a lot of older players that have big roles on that defense. You know, Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, that uh, Sheldon Rankins. So I, um, I would expect them to take a slight step back. Um, and, yeah, Mariota is going to run quite a bit. I, I think also um, Atlanta has a familiarity with New Orleans. This is always a close, entertaining game, it seems like. So I, I think Mariota will have enough juice to put up a top twenty-four week. I, I think he's a safe enough QB two.
0: Yeah, and I think the running does help a lot. Um, you know, to put him over, uh, you know, like a Mitchell Trubisky at the bottom of the ranks. You know, because yeah. we don't we don't know a lot about what Mariota is going to look like, and we don't know a lot about what Trubisky is going to look like. But we know mm-hmm. Mariota is going to run, and so that right there will give us some extra fantasy points. Correct. All right. So three quarterbacks that you're lower on than consensus, uh, Lamar Jackson. I was surprised to see that Lamar Jackson was the number one quarterback this week. Um, and then I saw he was playing the jets and I was less surprised, but (laughs) the jets are one of the teams. That's kind of like a, like the name makes you think that you can just smack them around a little bit more than you can. I think they're a little bit of a tougher matchup than people think that they are. Yeah. The defense isn't that bad in
1: New York. It's just that the offense is horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, the, their defense, uh, you know, coached by Robert Sala, they have some solid players on that defense. They fly around. They tackle pretty well. So I don't think Lamar is going to run wild in this game. Now, I still have him as a top five option at five. But, um, you know, I, you should start Lamar. But I don't think he's going to be QB1 overall. I, I And I don't understand why you would have him at QB1 overall in this matchup.
0: Yeah, I think. Some of the times uh, we get like uh, just helmet scouting where we're just like, oh, my God, it's the Jets. Who cares? it's like, well, the Jets were outside the top 10 in fancy points allowed last year. Like you said, they are they are a defense that can wreak some havoc. So but not enough to stop Lamar Jackson, but enough to keep him out of the number one spot. I think the most surprising rank uh, that you have is uh, that you just. You are saying that if you can help it if you have another option Joe Burrow is not a top 12 quarterback you can sit him for the likes of Kirk Cousins or Trey Lance.
1: Yeah, I just I just don't care for Burrow this week. Uh Pittsburgh is a tough matchup. Um I I don't know. I I I just it's a little bit of more of a feeling play and um I I just feel like Pittsburgh is they're going to come out motivated on defense. The offense probably isn't going to score many points, so they're going to have to put up a great defensive effort to uh, to compete in this game. I think they will. Um, I, I don't think Joe Burrow passes for multiple touchdowns, and that's why I don't think he's a top-12 quarterback this week.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, my big question that I had for this week uh, for the for – the, Bengals uh, that we're going to talk about on Friday is like what they added this all these offensive linemen like what does that do to this offense like are they just going to drastically change what they do or are they going to do what they already do just more effectively which is slow the clock down and run the ball as much as possible or speed the clock up and run the ball as much as possible um, Jared Goff uh, quarterback of your Detroit Lions you have him unranked uh, they are going up against Philly. I think that that is a smart move because I think the Philly defense is going to be really good this year.
1: Um, I, I think it'll be a good defense. Maybe not really good, but um, yeah, I'm just not trusting Jared Goff in week one with, um, you know, offensive lines already got some injuries. Uh, Hal Vitae, the right guard, is going gonna, is gonna to be out four weeks. So a backup on the interior against guys like Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave is not great. Um, I also think that this is a game where the Lions are going to understand that by on a talent perspective, they're a little overmatched and I think they're going to try to slow the game down, run the ball, do some short passing. Um, I expect Alan Ross St. Brown to be heavily involved. I expect DJ Chark and Josh Reynolds to be less involved. And so I don't think golf is going to have the opportunity to put up big time yardage in the air or throw for a bunch of touchdowns and he doesn't run. So I just don't really see the upside this week.
0: Okay. Perfect. Um are there any other quarterbacks that you want to talk about? Your ranks are pretty straightforward, and like I said, people can find them on the site. I don't want to have you repeat stuff that people can just go read.
1: Yeah, uh just go yeah, you can visit the website to see any others. I mean, uh yeah, start your studs is is always the the credo week one. Don't over- yeah.
0: Don't get cute. Don't get cute week one. That's like we were talking about with Isaiah McKenzie, the glory play. Don't, don't go, man, I've got, you know, Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson, but I'm really feeling this Ryan Tannehill matchup. Like,
1: <laughs> like even, yeah, I even like Tanhill <laughs> Tannehill this week, but don't do that. That's dumb.
0: Yeah. That's too much. That's doing, that's doing the most. Do the kids still say that doing the most? Uh, Sure. All right. All right. So let's move on to the running backs. So, um, Walker, who was your hardest rank at running back? And I think it might be, I'm looking, hold on. Is it Najee Harris at 13, or is that the most surprising? That's neither. Okay. Who is your hardest to rank this week?
1: Damian Pierce. Uh, Oh, duh,
0: Damian Pierce, way down here at 33.
1: Yeah, just I don't know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, Mm -hmm. We don't know exactly what the role is going to be. We don't really know how good he is at football at this point. Um, I I just kind of slotted him in between two other guys who have questions and are mostly early down runners and don't catch passes much. So he's right in between Miles Sanders and Damian Harris. Um, I I just I I think that if you drafted him, there's a good chance you're going to be playing him as your RB two or your flex. But I just don't think it's going to be a great game for him. It's a tough indie front. Um, I, I I don't think he runs for a touchdown. I don't think he has a big opening week game. You know, people are going to be excited about him. Like you know, oh, remember what Kareem Hunt did his first game. Yeah. Uh, but Damian Pierce is not that good. So I, I and Houston's offense is not good. So I'm I'm just not I'm not terribly excited about it.
0: Yeah, and this, this Indianapolis uh, defense is like the worst possible defense for him to start against, especially because uh, Shaq Leonard practiced in full today. So that means he's probably going to play this weekend. And that was like the big question mark where you can maybe squeeze out some value mm-hmm. out of Damian Pierce this weekend. But like last year, the Colts were uh, the eight, had the eighth lowest yards per carry allowed and allowed the eighth fewest rushing touchdowns. And so, you know, the the total fancy points at running back. You got to look at, like, are they are they rushing the ball or are they catching the ball? Because Damian Pierce isn't really going to catch the ball this weekend. And so you just look at uh, is this a good run defense? And the answer is yes. And is this a good Houston Texans offense that can overcome that and make Damian Pierce just uh, enforce their will with him? And the answer is no. That's not what they that's they don't have the talent to do that, especially against the Colts. You know, so I think a lot of people are going to panic this weekend um, because I think I agree with you. I, I, you know, you have Damian Pierce, 33. I don't think you should be starting him if you can help it this weekend. And that doesn't have to do with Damian Pierce so much as the Colts. Like Damian Pierce is fine. He's He's a top 30 running back, top 25 running back. Just not this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would expect something like 12 carries for 45 yards and catches for 15 yards
0: Ooh, 60 whole yards for Damian Pierce
1: right so that's you know and that's eight points so yeah and unless he scores a touchdown which I'd say is less likely than him not scoring a touchdown um he's just doesn't have much value
0: so I find that interesting that you have, you know, you say not much value. You're looking at what, eight PPR points. I think you said two catches to go with those 60 yards. Yeah. But you have him above Damian Harris, who was a touchdown machine last year. So I'm curious what thoughts went into that. Is this a, uh, you know, Ramondre and Damian Harris are just basically going to go down the middle for a Miami team that should actually beat the the Patriots this weekend or could beat the Patriots this weekend?
1: Yeah, I just think it's a little bit more of a direct split with Harris and Stevenson than, it, than I think Pierce is more 1A and Burkhead's 1B in Houston. And I think both offenses are bad. So I that that's the only edge that Pierce gets there.
0: Okay. So um, who was your most surprising rank that you ended up with? Uh,
1: I was very surprised that it turns out I don't like Chase Edmonds this week.
0: Yeah, Chase Edmonds, you have at thirty. That one was kind of sticking out to me.
1: Yeah, his uh consensus rank, his his uh expert consensus on fantasy pros is twenty-two. Mm-hmm. And uh I I just I gotta see it first. Um Miami's offense was not good for the running backs last year. I think Raheem Mostert is going to have a role until he gets hurt, which will probably be week three. Um, but I, I think in week one he's gonna get double digit carries. So I think Edmonds is gonna have more of a 50-50 type role where maybe he gets nine carries and four or five targets. And that you know, that's not bad or anything. And it's a guy you can play, but it's more of a running back three type role than a running back two type role.
0: Yeah, no, that that's entirely fair. So um all right, so the guys that you like more than consensus, one of them's not surprising because uh, you know, there seemed to be a split. You either had Saquon Barkley as a top six or seven running back, or he was like 11, 12, 13. And the consensus on him is eleven this week, but you have him at six against the against the Titans. So, um, is that just I liked Saquon Barkley coming into this, so I continue to like Saquon Barkley, or is it a particular thing about the Titans that you like? Uh,
1: the Titans lost J. M. Brown in uh in free agency. Their linebacker room is. Inexperienced um, Not a defense I'm particularly scared of And yeah I I think Barkley Is a a fantastic player Who's going to do great things this year
0: Yeah I mean that's what it comes down to Saquon is is better than people gave him credit For in the draft season Now you have Elijah Mitchell 15th The consensus on him is 20 Elijah Mitchell wasn't a guy we've talked about a lot On this podcast Mostly because he was hurt all off season, and we just kind of punted on talking about the Niners running back room. But you feel good about him against the Chicago Bears this week. Is that uh, higher on Elijah Mitchell or lower on the Chicago Bears?
1: Uh, I think the Bears defense will be just fine. You know, I don't think it'll be particularly impressive, but it should be, you know, good enough. It'll suffice. Uh, I just think that San Fran likes to lean on one running back when uh, when and when Mitchell's healthy. He's that one guy. So I, I think that he'll get quite a few touches, probably 15 plus carries, maybe a couple targets here or there, um and and I think he'll score a touchdown. So I you know I I could easily see 90 or 100 total yards in a score, and that's high end RB2 type production.
0: Okay, perfect. Uh, so, um, Melvin Gordon. So Melvin Gordon is a guy that. We at Football Absurdity have been higher on all offseason, so this one doesn't surprise me. Uh, Consensus on him is 36. Uh, You have him 28, so definite flex consideration, and it seems like one of the better flex considerations. Um, Going up against the Seahawks, where he'll be splitting with Javante Williams, but this seems like uh, more of what we were saying about how the split and the touches will be closer to 50-50 than a lot of people think.
1: Yeah, and even if they're not early in the game, I would expect that... Denver will probably be up by multiple scores in the second half and therefore will run the ball a lot. And to finish off the game, you're probably not going to want to use your premier you know, 23-year-old running back. You're going to go with the guy who is your 1B. And uh, I, I expect Gordon to have a fairly high touch load in this matchup. Um, he's probably not a guy this season who's going to be a, a, a start-worthy player every single week. But this is a good matchup. It's a good game script. I, I think that he'll return. He'll, he'll do better than what his expert consensus is, certainly.
0: How, how many wins do you think the Seahawks get this year? Uh, like four. Yeah, they're like a five. I, I thought they'd get like five. It's hard to lose 13 games, but yeah, four or five is... They, they they are going to see how hard it is to not have a quarterback. I think they forgot what that was like.
1: <laughs> it's not going to be good.
0: No. All right. So uh, three guys that you're lower on. We've already talked about two of them. Uh, two of them being uh, Chase Edmonds and Cam Akers. Who You have Chase Edmonds, 30. He's 22. Consensus. We talked about Cam Akers. You have him, 40. He's 24. Consensus. But the third guy I'm actually a little surprised by, and it's Travis Etienne. You have him at... 26 consensus on him is 18. Does this have to do with James Robinson or the matchup or what does this have to do or, or caution in his first game?
1: Yeah, it's just caution because like I said, we haven't seen him play and I don't exactly know what the role is going to be. We haven't had much clarity about that. Um, Robinson will be involved. I don't think he's going to be particularly fantasy relevant this first week or the first few weeks because of him coming off of his injury. But, um, you know, etN's also coming off of an injury. Um, he's a pretty, he, he was an above average, but not amazing receiving threat in college. I, I don't expect he's going to be a guy who catches like a million passes this season. Um, I, I, think he will probably take over a bigger role as the season goes along, but I expect that they're that the Jaguars are going to try to attack a vulnerable Washington secondary. Um, and without Chase Young uh, healthy, I, I think that they'll have time to set Lawrence up to go downfield. So I think they're going to throw more than they run.
0: OK, so it's uh, um, a philosophy thing. And uh, I agree. Uh, I think people have gone a little crazy about James Robinson. Um, you know, uh, we forget that uh, just because you're cleared from from your injury doesn't mean that you're going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um I, something I thought about this morning was I was cleared uh, to exercise again the day I took I got off my cast with a broken ankle in eighth grade, and so I played a basketball game that night and I could not walk. So just because you're cleared to play does not mean that you uh, are ready to go. So um, <laughs> I I did not have any muscle mass in my right leg at that point. Um, all right, so let's talk about wide receivers. Um, so, uh, who was your hardest to rank? And I'm going to take a guess here. Um, was it Darnell Mooney at 27?
1: No, but that's not far off. Okay. It's Michael Thomas at 25.
0: Of course, Michael Thomas. We haven't seen him in two years.
1: Right, exactly. So it's a on paper you would think it's a good matchup with the Atlanta defense, but they have AJ Terrell as their number one corner, who is fantastic. Um, Thomas is a talented player who the last time we saw him for a full season was the wide receiver one, but we haven't seen him consistently in two years, and we don't know how much is left in the tank. Um, I think that it's clear he'll be the number one target in the offense, but I feel like this offense is going to be a little bit more spread around than it was. Uh, a few years ago, when it was just Breeze to Thomas for 180, you know 180 targets or whatever, I don't think anybody's getting close to that type of target share in this offense. So um, I, I think Thomas is a guy who's certainly playable and will have a big enough role that he'll be pretty consistent, especially in PPR, what I rank for. Um, but I, I couldn't put him in my top 24 because it, there's just too much uncertainty.
0: Okay. No, I mean that—that's entirely fair. And he's a guy that, you know, I was in on like all season long, all off season long. I was in on all last year. I was big Michael Thomas guy. And then now, when the rubber hits the road, I'm like, I'm sure glad I play in three wide receiver leagues so I can justify starting him. Because if I was in a two wide receiver league, I would have uh, a little bit of trouble with it. Hmm. Um. So all right, let's um go on to the next guy. Uh, Who is your most surprising rank? And was it, hold on, hold on. Brandon Ayuk at 39?
1: No, it's uh, Terry McLaurin at 17. Um, Higher than I would have expected him to end up because I'm not a big McLaurin guy. Um, I just like the matchup. Jacksonville's pass defense is not great. Uh, I think this is going to be a higher scoring game than a lot of people expect. Washington's going to have to throw to keep up, and I think Wentz is going to force-feed McLaurin early in the season. So um, I think McLaurin's a solid wide receiver, too, because of those reasons.
0: Yeah, I didn't think uh, McLaurin would be the surprising one because 17 kind of just feels like where Terry McLaurin should live, plus or minus five spots on a given week. Right,
1: I just had him as wide receiver 23 going into the season, and I Mm -hmm. don't have him on any team. Yeah, me neither. I was surprised that I came out on ahead of consensus on in
0: week 1. Yeah, and ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster, who we both love. My favorite guy, yeah. We I I'm trying to trade for Juju right now. Uh Becheves, if you are hearing this, please t- Oh no, I already I already got that trade rejected. Never mind. Forget I said anything.
1: Yeah, Juju uh, is on my dad's team and in my home league, so not going to get him.
0: Nope, not going to happen. Um real quick, before we go on to your wide receiver rankings, uh have you heard about the popables? One just got retweeted across my timeline that I have open for any breaking news.
1: Yes, I know what a poppa bowl
0: is, yes. Would you eat the poppable? No. They look disgusting.
1: No, of course they would not eat that.
0: No. Would you eat the football pizza?
1: Yeah, I'd eat the football
0: pizza. It's just pizza. <laughs> it's
1: pizza that looks like a football. I mean, yeah, I'll eat it.
0: Yeah, the, the, that, that one I that's like OK, cool. Like, why? Why? Why would anybody purchase this? It's it's, it's a it's, it's a pizza with weirder like slice shapes. Yep. That's it. I guess you could do it the squares. But all right. Marquise Brown is a guy that you're higher on than consensus. You have Marquise Brown as a wide receiver one this week going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, consensus is 17. Uh, Hollywood is going to be the number one target there. Uh, Zach Ertz is banged up, but it's looking like he will play. And the Chiefs lost uh, Traverius Ward this offseason. So uh, their secondary took a definite hit there. So you're feeling good about uh, Hollywood Brown.
1: Yeah, they also don't have uh, Tyron Matthew anymore either.
0: That's right. Uh, Tyron went to New Orleans. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I think Brown's going to get a lot of uh, Algeria Sneed, who is solid, but uh, is more of like a big playmaker than a shutdown cover corner. Um, I think Brown gets loose for for a long one at some point in this game. Um, and, and I think that he could easily get 10 targets in a game that Arizona is going to have to throw to keep up in.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's drafting Hollywood Brown this year is locking in, you know, top 15 guy for the first six weeks of the season, at least because of the uh, DeAndre Hopkins suspension. You know, they have no nowhere else really to go in that wide receiver room like Rondale Moore hasn't shown it yet. A.J. Green is. Had the the quietest like 800 yards last year, and um you know the, the that's it in the wide receiver room, um because Christian Kirk's a jag. So we mentioned Juju Smith Schuster, uh, uh 18 for you, 28 consensus. I think this is just because we love Juju more than everybody else does.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's not like it's it's not a easy matchup against Arizona. Byron Murphy's a great corner, but um. I just I trust Andy Reid to figure out a way to get his second best target open.
0: Yeah, some would say his first best target because they think that they think that Travis Kelsey is washed and those people are crazy. But I wouldn't say that. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. If you've heard us all off season, we're big Juju heads. Uh, um, I think we had him. We both had him in the top fifteen or sixteen, and the highest on Fancy Pros was seventeen. So, literally the highest in the industry on Juju. Um, last one is Traylon Burke. So you don't have with a, uh, startable rank in a, in a three wide receiver league, but a respectable rank of 41, where everybody's just kind of burying him at 60, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense given the role that he stepped into and, uh, his talent level.
1: Yeah. And this one and one of my receivers that I'm lower on the consensus are connected. Uh, cause one of my guys I'm out on is Robert Woods.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have him ranked. So why don't you talk about them together?
1: Right, yeah. uh, Essentially, I have them flipped from what people are ranking them as, because Woods is currently consensus 40, Burks is consensus 60. I think that should be flipped. I think Burks is the wide receiver one in this offense. They spent a first-round pick on him. They felt comfortable trading away A.J. Brown because they were going to get him. Um, Robert Woods is 30 years old, coming off a torn ACL. So I, I just don't think that Woods is going to be at full speed week one. I think Burks will be. And therefore I prefer Burks as the better fantasy option.
0: Yeah, Burks had this really weird offseason where, you know, um the Eagles traded for AJ Brown, Titans took Traylon Burks with that pick. Everybody was excited about Traylon Burks. Then he had asthma in camp. Everybody freaked out. And then he was playing with the, you know, uh into the fourth quarter with like the backups. And it's like yeah, if he had conditioning issues, he needs more conditioning, but he's still a really good football player. And uh, I think that a pro athlete should be able to get their conditioning up in a month if they focus on it. I mean, call me crazy. So I'm not particularly worried about Traylon Burks either. And I think all we have to see is if he can do A.J. Brown things. And that's that's all we have to see. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Robert Woods coming off the late se- or midseason ACL tear. Um, just, you know, a lot of why I liked Robert Woods in the past was. Uh, What the Rams did with him, and I don't think the Titans are going to do a lot of the same stuff. I think they'll still get him like jet sweeps on the goal line and stuff, but you can't start you can't start a wide receiver hoping that they get a jet sweep uh, touchdown on the goal line. Like that is that is the worst possible process in the universe. Yeah, (laughs) so going to work
1: twice all season.
0: Yeah, so two guys that you're lower on, a couple um, guys that people are really up on this season. First is Michael Pittman, who you still have with a good starting rank on you have him at 13 but consensus has him as a solid wide receiver one at seven is this just uh um hedging with uh matt ryan and also the texans improved their secondary through the draft and you know, i think they spent their first two picks on defensive back so they might not be the slam dunk thing that that people think they are with um stingley and then the safety is uh escaping get, my name did they get what's D3? that I think – I don't remember. Hold on. I, I thought I, it was Petrie that they got, but I could be wrong. Uh, let's see. Um, I know they got Stingley, and then they got – yeah, Petrie. Cool. Yeah. Petrie doesn't stick in my mind because it's spelled differently than the Petrie I think of, which is Jeff Petrie, the former King's GM.
1: Oh, I think of Petri dish.
0: Yeah, that's what most people think of because they're not insane. Um, but it, so it doesn't st- stick in my brain that well. So, secondary is improved. Matt Ryan, new quarterback there. Um, is that the basis of your worry, quote unquote, worries about Michael Pittman? Uh,
1: yeah, it's just I improved Houston secondary. I really like Stingley. Um, and uh, I, I'm not worried about the adjustment from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. I just, this is going to be a team that runs the ball a lot. I don't think they're going to need to air it out against Houston Um, because I don't think Houston's going to be able to score on them. Uh, So I just don't see this being a game where Pittman is required to be really involved for the Colts to, you know, step up and win the game. So I I think he'll have a little bit less involvement than he would in against a better team.
0: Yeah. So this could be, hold on, I'm seeing, uh, this could be a sneaky, I know it's weird to say because of who he is, but a sneaky absolute smash week for Jonathan Taylor because they're just gonna be running out the clock in the second half. Maybe a good amount for Nike Minds if you're desperate, um, because yeah, it's it's um, they're gonna they're gonna do well against these Colts. Um, although Brandon Cooks is gonna have 150 yards and two touchdowns. Book it, uh, just like he does every week. DJ Moore, you have it 20. Uh, th- uh, the consensus on him is 13. Um, is this just the natural caution that we've had for DJ Moore this whole time with Baker coming in? Like we kept talking about how he's he's people are putting him to like their top twelve, and we're like, no, he's probably closer to like sixteen-seventeen.
1: I just I don't understand why you would put DJ Moore as a top fifteen receiver this week. It, it's not a good matchup. He's gonna be facing off against Denzel Ward, uh, Greg Newsom. The Browns have a very good defense. The quarterback situation for Carolina got better but not better enough to justify putting a guy who's probably not going to score a touchdown in your top 15 I mean he's not going to have 12 catches for 150 yards he's probably going to end up with something like six for 65 so yeah he's certainly a guy you should have in your lineup but don't go in with DJ Moore as your wide receiver one and think that you're set it's more just like I, I, I need people to get off their high horse about DJ Moore.
0: Yeah, people like to talk about how like, oh, Baker Mayfield, he, he threw for 27 touchdowns his rookie year, so he's going to throw for more touchdowns uh, this year. It's like he threw for 17 and 14 games. Like DJ Moore could literally be in the same situation in terms of the overall pro- productivity upside. Like, yeah, Sam Donald had like, what, 10 touchdown passes last year, but um, he also missed time. But it's like, it's not that much better for him. It's just that, you know, he's not going to be a disaster. Sam Darnold is. So, all right. Any other wide receivers you wanted to highlight in your ranks before we move on to tight ends? Um,
1: let me look here. Uh, I think that some guys that are getting forgotten about a little bit who are good plays as like wide receiver threes or flex guys uh, Smith against Detroit, Adam Thielen against Green Bay, uh, Elijah Moore against Baltimore, Christian Kirk against Washington, um, Jacoby Myers against Miami, you know, and, um, I, I just think that all of these guys are going to get work there either in a good matchup or in a good offense and, uh, I, I, I think that those guys are all preferable to a speculative dart throw on somebody who hasn't ever proved it, like Alan Robinson, or I mean Alan Lazard, excuse me. Um, Marquez Velvis Scantling, Drake London, you know, these are guys who are ranked in the same area for a lot of people, but I think those are just much riskier plays.
0: Uh yeah, one thing, uh, you mentioned yesterday on the Patreon podcast about uh, Jacoby Myers. I would just like to point out Jacoby Myers is rostered in fewer than fifty percent of leagues. If he's, um, on, if, if he's on waivers
1: in your league, you need to get him right now.
0: Yeah, you can get him for free, and he will be a top thirty wide receiver. Like, uh, you know, the the Patriots' offense is probably going to be pretty messy, but that's not going to matter for um for Jacoby because he's just a let me let me just get a zillion targets and just rack up PPR points. Yeah, um, he's going to have
1: like ninety five for nine hundred and fifty and three scores.
0: Yeah. The same reason that I like uh, David Bell. So it's just going to be like a lot of dump offs in, in what's going to be a pretty bad offense. So, all right. So let's talk uh, tight ends. So um, you have two guys that are in your starting ranks that uh, you're higher on than everybody else. Uh, first one is Zach Ertz. You have it six, consensus is nine. I think a lot of the Zach Ertz stuff is just bullishness that he'll play, right? Because people think that he's not going to play.
1: Yeah, I mean he, he's almost certainly going to play, and uh, I, I again there's a chance he gets double digit targets. So, you know, I would rather play Zach Ertz uh, against the uh, Chiefs in a game where the Cardinals are going to have to throw, than uh, Dalton Schultz in a game against Tampa where, uh, yeah, Dallas is also going to have to throw, but. I would expect Arizona's offense to look better against a middling KC defense than Dallas's offense against a really solid Tampa defense. Okay. And so, you know, and that's obviously, I'm, I'm kind of talking about two guys at once again where I have Schultz as one of my guys I'm lower on. Uh, I have him at eight. Consensus has him at five. I just think that's a little presumptive. You know, Schultz has never really been that type of guy. He was a top five tight end last year because he played a lot of games and was solid. Um, I, I think that he's a, he's certainly a starting tight end, but I wouldn't expect a huge week this week.
0: Yeah. And it wasn't that long ago that Zach Ertz was a consensus top three tight end. I think it was what 2019 before everything fell apart in Philly. Yeah. And so, you know, you know, he has that upside, but I think, you know, there are some, we'll say suboptimal drafters who do have Schultz and Ertz on their roster together, um and this is something that they need to know that you know for this week it's uh, Earth is probably the better start than Schultz despite what you know the ranking said and what um you know what your draft board said. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy that you're really high on that um you know everybody else has him down at twenty. You have him as starter is Austin Hooper of the Titans, and I think that this is a volume play.
1: Yeah, uh, Hooper is probably going to have a hundred targets this year. Um, and that averages out to around six a game. So, you know, he's, I'm not saying Austin Hooper is going to be a special player this year or anything, but he's going to get a lot more targets than most of your speculative tight end plays. And he's been a top 12 tight end before he has an accurate quarterback throwing in the ball. He is in a pretty barren wide receiver slash tight end room. Um, I think Hooper is, especially early in the season, maybe the most reliable pass catcher on the Titans. And therefore, I think he's going to get a lot of targets and he's going to catch a lot of them because they're going to be high percentage targets, you know, and the Giants, again, linebackers are not good. Pass rush is injured. So, you know, I could easily see a scenario where Hooper has like five for 60 in his score this week.
0: Yeah. Um, he's a he's a he's a good player that we a lot of people are overlooking and um, it it feels like e- free easy points. Uh, one guy that you're also very much higher on that probably shouldn't be starting is Noah Fant. You have him at 15 consensus on him is 22, um, going up against his old team in uh, Denver. Um, Noah Fant was a guy we just kind of punted on this offseason as well. So is this uh, revenge game? Is it uh, maybe we've gone too far? with Noah Fant and that he'll be okay with uh, with uh, Geno Smith. Yeah. I mean,
1: Fant has been a top 12 tight end before. I, I think it's a bit ridiculous to drop him all the way down to 22. I mean, I know he's in a worse situation, but um, you know, Denver's defense up the middle, isn't the greatest. Their linebackers aren't particularly good. Um, their defensive line isn't particularly good. So I, I, th- and I think that uh, Gino is going to be mostly throwing a lot of safe targets. Um, It's going to be a lot of like short passes to DK Metcalf, short passes to Noah Fant, in my opinion. Uh, So I I think Fant is a decent enough speculative play if you punt it on tight end. And uh, I I just think it's a bit ridiculous to take a guy who's been, uh, you know, in that tight end 10 type range and just, you know, kick him down and double, you know, double that up to tight end 20 and just be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, Noah Fant isn't, you know, he, no isn't with a bad quarterback in Denver anymore. He's with a bad quarterback in Seattle and that suddenly makes him way worse at football. What? That doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I know you like, um, uh, John Bates, but it's kind of how I'm starting to feel about Logan Thomas. Like he was fine the last time we saw him. His only problem is he keeps getting hurt, but, um, you know, uh, he was tied in eight points per game last year. He was top 10 the year before. Only problem was, was he had a season ending injury last year. So, mm. Um, we've kind of just forgotten about him.
1: I think we can forget about Logan Thomas.
0: How dare you? He's old and hurt a lot. He's kind of old and kind of hurt a lot. Mm. (laughs) Mm. All right. So one thing I forgot to ask you for the tight ends before we got into the ranks was who was your hardest tight end to rank? And I have to calibrate for this year, so I'm still guessing, but I'm going to say... No, Irv Smith is easy because you hate him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Hunter Henry at 10?
1: Mike Gesicki at 16. Oh! Um, because I just have no idea what his role is going to be. Um, New England's defense is also going to look a lot different than it did last season. So I'm not sure how well they're going to defend tight ends this year. If it's going to be similar last year where they were really good at it or if they're going to get worse. I don't know how many targets is going to get. I don't know how much they're going to ask him to block. I, this is the type of game where, on paper, um, Miami could be running the ball a lot because it could be ahead most of the game. Um, but Gasicki's talented. You know, He's extremely athletic. And uh, if they get in the red zone, they can just kind of throw it up to him and he can score because he's massive. So I, he has enough of a track record and is a good enough player that I can't drop him outside like the top 20, but mm-hmm. I can't justify, you know, starting in this week because there's just so much uncertainty around his week one role.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's really, you know, Mike is I've passed, I've cast into a pit because, um, you know, there's, there's, there's been nothing good that's come out of Miami's camp out of him. So, um, or come out of Miami's camp about him. Lost my, uh, my word order there for a second. So, Um, that one wouldn't be that hard for me, uh, dropping him down behind, like, Cole Komet, Dawson Knox. Well, actually, Dawson Knox is, I would have hit Brevin Jordan above him, because I hate Dawson Knox. I think he's bad at football. Uh, who is your most surprising rank, and was it, uh, Noah Fant at 15, who we already talked about?
1: No, I put David Njoku, who I have at 20, um, because I like Njoku this season. I think he's one of my sleeper-type tight ends. Um but I have in below guys like Gerald Everett, Robert Tunyon, um, because I don't like the matchup. Carolina has been very good at defending tight ends. They have good linebackers. They have good safeties. Um, I, I don't think Jacoby Brissett is going to be a guy who's going to force the ball into small windows very much, and I don't think is going to be running wide open in this game. So I think it's going to be a bad game for Njoku in a season where he could have his best year.
0: Yeah, he's not going to get off to a good start um, by your reckoning. And, you know, maybe people can scoop him up off the waiver wire because he was kind of one of those speculative blob tight ends that people might abandon after one week. So Mm -hmm. if you believed in him and somebody else ended up with him, you could scoop him up off the waiver wire. Um, So we already talked about for guys that you don't like Dalton Schultz already talked about him. Um, These next two guys are guys that are two blob tight ends that, you know, people might be considering Hell, they might have both tight ends. Um, if they're going to with a platoon approach, and that's well, the first one is Albert O, who the consensus uh, is um 13. You have Oquagbonam uh, uh, 18, though, which is firmly outside of where you should be starting him. Behind my boy, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Gerald Everett at 17.
1: Yeah, uh, I just I can't trust Albert O with Wilson at quarterback until I see it because Wilson is a guy who simply hasn't used his tight ends unless it was Jimmy Graham. And uh, Seattle, Jimmy Graham was a different animal than Albert O. Uh, yeah, I, I think Okwe Bunum is a solid football player, but I don't think he's anything special. And uh, therefore, I, I can't start in week one in good conscience.
0: Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about Alberto as well. It's like you're good, but you're not transcendent. And I want to see how Denver looks because you're not the kind of guy that commands a target share. Like you're you're fine, but you're not. You know, we talk about the, the guys that you start your game planning with. You're not one of those guys, Alberto. Right. Um, another, another guy that is that uh, you have at 23 that people have at 16 that I also don't like, Irv Smith. Coming off the broken thumb, Kevin O'Connell's in town. Um, you know, he missed all of last year as well. I just don't get the Irv Smith hype. It doesn't make any sense to me.
1: No, he's never been any good at football. He's not very big. He's not very athletic. He doesn't run great routes. Um you know, and Kevin O'Connell comes from an offense where they had a pretty similar type guy in Tyler Higby,
0: Yeah. Who
1: doesn't really do anything all that well. Um and Higby's a better athlete than Irv Smith is. So I I just Irv Smith has, you know, he's never done anything and I don't think he's going to do anything this year either.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, the big thing that people do to kind of like boost up Irv Smith is like well Adam Thielen can't keep scoring all these touchdowns it's like n- no he can
1: definitely he's can a better,
0: yeah he's a better football player than uh, Irv Smith he has a connection with Kirk Cousins and he gets a ton of five zone targets so it's like uh thinking that he won't get them uh he being uh Adam Thielen and Irv Smith will is just like hoping that's all it is. It's, it's hoping. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, are there any other tight ends that you wanted to talk about?
1: Um, I think that new England's going to be behind quite a bit against Miami. And I think that Hunter Henry is one of the safest options that Mac Jones has to throw the ball to. So I think that Henry could have a solid game. I haven't met tight end 10 this week. Um, other than that, no, I'm not really terribly interested in any of these other
0: guys. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, kind of uh uh don't get cute i think is the mantra of a lot of this and that includes uh with your tight end spot so all right well uh walker thank you for uh, going over all of your ranks with me uh there'll be a link to them in the description of the uh of the uh episode and uh you and i will be back on friday yeah. so for Walk- so for walker thanks for listening take care and uh football tomorrow let's go
1: Yeah, go to footballofseterdv.com, Weekly Ranks, tab, click it.
0: Click it, or go to the podcast description. Click it. Also there. Goodbye.